joint venture partnerships and why I don't do them. Joint venture partnerships. Everyone is always talking about if you want to scale your portfolio and buy a lot of deals, you're going to have to do joint venture partnerships. I totally disagree with that. Welcome to the Investor Dave Show. Just a little bit about me. Mel and I have now purchased over 240 units in five different countries, Canada, US, Costa Rica, Mexico, Dominican Republic, using no joint venture partners and none of our own money. We love creative finance. And today we're gonna to be talking about the five top reasons why we do not do joint venture partners and why you shouldn't either. Number one cash flow. This is the most important thing in my opinion in a deal is the monthly cash flow. This is the incentive. This is what everyone is striving for and looking for, right? Mel and I were able to quit our full-time jobs. I used to be a professional firefighter. She worked at the local college and we were able to leave those handcuffed jobs, right? Those golden jobs because of the monthly cash flow that our income properties provided us. Now, if we had done joint venture partners, we would have had to split, let's say 50% of our cash flow with those partners. Now, if you take half the income and share it with JVs, joint venture partners, that means it's gonna take you double the amount of time to get that cash flow that you need, right? Because 50% is out the door to your JV partner right off the top. So the number one reason why we don't do joint venture partners I don't want to share cash flow. Number two, the refinance. So a refinance on a property is a tax-free event. And what ends up happening is the financial institution gives you more debt, more leverage on that property. They allow you to take that out as an equity pullout. And that is a tax-free event like I just mentioned. Now, if you had a joint venture partner, let's just do up an example. And you just got a $100,000 refinance from a financial institution. Well, 50-50 JV is typical, right? So 50%, $50,000 would be going to your joint venture partner. That, in my opinion, is expensive money. Because think about this, as an investor, when we do refinances, we take those funds, we end up taking that money and going to buy more buildings so that that refinance money can actually make us, you know, babies, even more properties, right? Buy even more cash flow and more doors and more assets. Now, if I'm limited to giving 50% to my joint venture partner, I'm only getting half of the growth that I would have on that refinance. Number three, succession planning. As a real estate investor, you're going to want to grow a portfolio in the beginning, right? After years and years, you're eventually going to start thinking, what am I going to do with this portfolio if I want to sell one day or if I want to pass it on to a family member, a child, an uncle, a cousin, a charity or whatever you decide to do. Succession planning is a huge part of real estate investing and you should start thinking about that actually in the beginning. Check out my other videos for business structure and that. Now with joint venture partners, succession planning becomes tricky in my opinion. Whereas let's say if you solely own the asset and you decide, uh, hey, I have three kids. I'm gonna leave my portfolio to the kids, a third, a third, a third. Easy done, right? If you have joint venture partners, you now have another interested party in the deal and you might have conflicting interests, right? Meaning, I'm not saying it's bad or anything, but I'm just saying you might have one thought, one idea for your family, your succession plan, and they might have another idea. You might be five years ahead, they might be five years behind. Your timelines, your goals, your aspirations, your succession planning will be different. So that is why when you do joint venture partners, trying to pass on that portfolio to your loved ones down the road, 
becomes an issue. Another reason why Mel and I solely own, no JV, all of our portfolio. Number four, equity. Long story short, equity is the difference between what the property is appraised at and valued at and what you owe on it, okay? So that difference, right? that is going to be your equity piece. Now, if you're gonna own an asset, right, and there's gonna be equity, there's gonna be a spread in the deal, why not own 100% of that equity, right? Why would you wanna share that with someone else? You're gonna go through having this asset, qualifying for financing, doing the property management, renovations, maintenance, all that stuff, which I know gets split 50-50, not always, with joint venture partners, you might as well do it and get 100% of that equity, which if you think about it, let's talk P&W, personal net worth. If you have, let's say, five properties with a JV at 50%, your net worth, the way you would have here alone, and what you would have with the joint venture is gonna be half of what you would have had initially um, from owning it just yourself. So it's not even just the equity, it's also once you give your bank, your financial institutions, your PNW, your personal net worth statement, it won't be the same as though you had owned it solely. It's gonna take a hit. Last but not least, number five, anti-headache ownership. Now, I've looked at this from a lot of different angles. I've looked at it, I've sat down with my lawyers for hours and hours trying to come up with a joint venture partnership that might make sense for Mel and I, that I might want to entertain. And to be honest with you, we couldn't find anything that made sense to us. Let me elaborate on this. What I mean is because there's going to be two parties coming together, different interests, different concerns, different results possibly that they're looking at, you need to come up with an agreement in the beginning, meaning that Someone is going to have to be the lead. Someone is going to have to be on the back burner. Now, that being said, there's going to have to be contracts, right? Now, speaking with the lawyers, they can draft up whatever contract you want. However, two things happen. You cannot write up a contract that touches on every single scenario that could ever happen, right? That's just not possible. The second thing is, even if you write up a contract that tries to touch on everything, you're trying to make sure about the, the purchase, the sale, the ownership, the control, the decision making, the shotgun clause, how do you exit? What if there's a divorce? What if there's uh, a fire? What if there's a, a death? Like all of those things that they're gonna touch on, you could literally have as many things as possible in the contract, but who's gonna wanna sign a 500 page contract? You, you know what I mean? So that's the thing with anti-headache ownership of owning it yourself, meaning I'm, I'm not saying that owning an asset is gonna be easy and there's not gonna be headaches in rough times. I'm just saying that when you have joint venture partnerships, there's going to be an entire other headache of now we gotta make sure that the other party who also owns the asset is happy and doing their part, okay? So just keep that in mind. The agreements in the beginning are gonna be very important. You're gonna try and touch on everything, but then you can't touch on everything because who's gonna sign a dictionary of a, of a contract, right? So again, this is why I love solely owning it. The only person I have to make decisions with is Mel, and I'm pretty sure she would say on the other end, I only wanna have to deal with Dave because he's already hard enough to deal with. So in conclusion, hopefully you like this video, and if you do, make sure to subscribe and like the channel, but this is why that we chose to solely own all of our assets. And if you're wondering, well, Dave, I just don't know how to do it. It's not possible for me. Be sure to check out our next videos where we dive into creative financing. I'm Dave, the No Joint Venture Expert. I'll see you in the next one.